this morning, I will be beginning a new series. Uh, it'll run through October. Uh, it's a series simply called Jesus. Say Jesus. If you haven't figured it out already, the, the, theme, the theme all the time for church is Jesus. We, we talk about Jesus all the time. But today specifically, in this series specifically, I, I want to I wanna kind of narrow in the focus, narrow in the scope. And, and I want us to talk about Jesus, uh, talk about the life of Jesus, talk about who he is and who he is not. Um, because I think people get caught up in a lot of extra stuff when it comes to Jesus. It doesn't really even matter. Uh, for example, uh, if I were to ask you to close your eyes, and you don't have to do that, but if I were to ask you to close your eyes and just to get an image of Jesus in your mind, just like a, a, a portrait image of Jesus, many of you would have different types of imagery. Uh, but some of you may have a very similar type of imagery. Some of you may view Jesus uh, as a um, as a real fair skin, flowy hair, blue eyes type Jesus. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of, of the images that we've been presented with all of our lives and what we've seen in church and we've seen in Sunday school or seen on, on TV or different things. Uh, some of you say, well, no, nah, Jesus was, was, was dark skinned and he had more coarse hair and he didn't have blue eyes because of where he was from. And, and, and so that's the Jesus that I, I see. In fact, one time I, I was sitting in a restaurant and I don't know if you remember this, Nancy, but we were sitting at a restaurant. We we're at IHOP and there was a couple that was sitting next to us and they were having this real deep discussion discussion about what Jesus looked like. I mean, it was real deep. And they were, they were going real deep in this discussion. And, 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 and the young lady who was in this conversation, she was just convinced that Jesus was this particular race or this particular color. And she says, I know he is this color. I know for a fact this is what Jesus uh, would have looked like. Uh, and, and, and basically what she was communicating is, I won't serve Jesus if he looks any other way. And she was adamant. She said, I, I, I just basically, I, I won't follow a Jesus that doesn't look like this. And, and, and I thought for a moment, and I thought, man, you know, and this goes for all of us here. Say just out of, just sheer, just for the sake of this message, say there was a portrait of Jesus that was discovered. Let's just say Jesus took a selfie and nobody knew about it. And it was uncovered in the ruins somewhere, and they, they discovered it like, whoa, we found what Jesus looked like. Can you imagine for a moment if Jesus didn't look like the way you've always imagined he would, would you still love him the same? Now, now think about that thought for a moment. If, 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 if Jesus looked completely different than how you've always imagined him all your life, maybe he was a, he's a different skin tone. Maybe his hair is very different. Maybe all these different, maybe if he looked completely different than what you've always imagined him to be, would you serve him different? Would you love him any different? And that's what I got out of this conversation that this couple was having. I thought, man, she's so caught up in what Jesus looks like. It seems to be like that may, may be the main thing for her, man. Jesus looks like this, and that's the Jesus that I'm going to serve and follow. Well, throughout the course of this series, we're not going to talk about what Jesus looked like. Because the reality is, nobody really knows in our time. Nobody really knows what he looks like. You may have an idea or think you know what he looks like, 
You may have an idea or think you know uh, uh, what his, his physical attributes were, but the reality is nobody in our lifetime knows. We just don't know. We're, we're, we're basing it off images and pictures that we've seen throughout our lifetime. I don't know if you knew this or not, but, but Jesus has a Twitter account. Did y'all know that? Jesus has a Twitter account. And, and, and if you look at his Twitter account, uh, if you look at his profile picture, um, uh, I'm not saying more so how I th- think Jesus. You see, when we see images of Jesus, a lot of times he's very stoic, very serious. Like very just real calming. Sometimes you see him with the lamb. You see him, all these different images of Jesus. But when I saw this profile pic of Jesus on Twitter, I thought, hmm, I'm not saying that's how he looked physically, but I would imagine this was his personality. This shows profile pic. (laughs) That's the Jesus profile pic on Twitter. I was like, what? And I thought, man, that's a cool Jesus. Like, like that's a Jesus with personality. I like that. I like that. Just, you know, I, I, I like that. Maybe, maybe he had that type of personality. Maybe he liked to joke around a lot. Would that bother you? Would it bother you if you found out Jesus was cracking jokes on the disciples all the time? Would it bother you if, if you found out that maybe, maybe he wasn't always so stoic and always so serious and spoke like this? And when he walked into a room, you know, maybe, maybe he walked in, didn't walk in with flowy gown or nothing. He just walked in and said, hey, what's up, fellas? What if he was like that? What if that was his personality? And that's what we're going to talk about over the course of this series. I'm not concerned with how Jesus looked. But what I do want us to discover this morning and throughout the course of this series is who Jesus was and who he is and what he has come to do. Let me read something to you. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one. The apostle Paul is writing this letter to a church in Corinth and he's talking about his presentation of the gospel or him talking about God to the people. He says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, what Paul is saying is, look, I didn't come with all the bells and whistles. I didn't come with human eloquence. I didn't come with all this massive wisdom and, and look how smart I am. All I came to you with was Jesus. Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to talk about Jesus, who he is, and what he came to do. He said, that's it. That's all I'm coming to you with. And so uh, throughout the course of this series, that is what we're going to be. We're going to be talking about Jesus, who he is, and what he came to do. In hopes that you would get past the imagery of Jesus and really focusing on the reality of him as a person. And today in our first week of this series, I'm going to talk on the subject, Jesus, my friend. Jesus, my friend. If you were to ask around and what people thought their definition of a friend was, we'd probably have uh, uh, different 
views of what a friend really is, but I, I was reading this quote from, from William Shakespeare, and I don't read Shakespeare. That's too deep for me. But I did find this quote about friendship. I found this quote about friends. He says, a friend is one that knows you as you are. He understands where you have been. Think about that. A friend is one who knows you as you are and understands where you have been. That's a pretty good description of a friend, a real friend. Someone that knows you as you are and understands you. Because you know there are people who just don't understand you. There are people in this room today, man, you, you, you know it. People just don't get you. You know how it is. Man, they just don't get me. They just don't understand me. But my friend does. My friend gets me. Anybody have that friend that gets you, right? All your quirkiness, all your issues, all your junk. They understand you. They, 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 they can relate to you. They understand. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus understands you. He understands you. He understands everything there is to know about you. Jesus, my friend. And the reason why he understands us, I think, is clearly defined in the scriptures. And so I'm going to read a lot of Bible today. I hope that's all right with you. I'm not apologizing for that, but I am reading a lot of Bible because I don't want you to hear my opinion about Jesus. I really want you to see what the Bible says about Jesus and what he says about himself so you can get a better understanding of who he is. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 talking about the birth of Jesus, Jesus coming into this earth. It says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so basically it's laying out the groundwork. It's laying out uh, uh, the foundation of Jesus is coming into this earth. He's going to be born into this earth, and he's going to come save people from their sins. That is his mission. That is his goal. And if we go down to verse 23 of chapter 1, it says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. John 1.14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. See, the reason why Jesus understands you is because he came to be close to you. Let me, let, me, let me go a little further with that. Genuine friendship is great when there's close proximity. Like, I know we have very special technology now, and there's such advancements in technology. You can have friends literally all over the world. One of your best friends could literally live across the globe, and you could still stay in connection with them, and they are still your friends. But there's something about the close physical proximity of a friend. And, 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 and here's how that plays out for me. You know, if, if I've gone through something, like many of you have, maybe you, you're going through something or you have gone through something, maybe you've gone through some tragedy, there, there's something special about when your friend steps into the room. Right? Like, like there's, something, there's something unique, there's something just so genuine when, when you're going through a tragedy, when you're going through some hard, hard times, and in walks your best friend. 
I've had those times before where I'm going through some things and in walks my friend. And man, sometimes you can't help but just weep. Because they showed up. They showed up for you. They weren't satisfied with just a phone call. They weren't satisfied with, with just saying, I'm going to send prayers your way. No, they, they came. They came to be with you. They came to sit with you. They came to be close to you. And as we read in the scriptures, that's what Jesus came to do for all of us. He came to be close to us. He came to make his dwelling among us. He wasn't satisfied just staying up in heaven, sitting on his throne somewhere. He said, no, I need to go down there to be with them. And it's then that I can understand them. It's then that I can truly know them. I'm coming to dwell with them. I am coming to be in close proximity to them. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 says, for this reason. He had to be made like them, fully human in every way. Say every way. Fully human in every way. Think about the ways that you are human. That means Jesus had to eat. Jesus had to rest. Jesus had to sleep. Jesus had to use the restroom. Folks are like, whoa, wait a second. What? Yes, Jesus was human in every way. He was physical just like us. He had flesh just like us. He moved in every aspect that we do as humanity. He, he was human. Human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. He, he came to be with us. He came to be in close proximity to you and I. Jesus understands you. He understands you. He understands everything about you. Jesus understands relationships. Yes, Jesus understands relationships. He understands friendships. He understands family relationships. Jesus had siblings. Did you know that? Jesus had siblings. Jesus had a mother. He had a father. He had brothers and sisters. Jesus knew what it was to be human. If we read in the scriptures, there was a time where Jesus, his ministry had, had started and, and miracles were happening and, and, and his fame started to spread. Well, Jesus decides to go back to his hometown where he grew up, where he grew up. And, and if you read in Mark chapter uh, 6, verse 3, people were, were, were amazed when they found out that this was the same Jesus they knew. It says, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? Like, like this is the guy that's doing all the miracles? Like, he just fixed my table last year. Like, I, I just bought a table set from him last year. He fixed my stool last year. Isn't this, this is the carpenter. This is that same little boy I saw running around here, running through the village, running through the streets. This is that same little boy, him and his brothers and sisters. This is the guy? He was human, just like us. 
He understands relationships. He understands the family dynamic. He understands the good and bad of the family dynamic. If you read in Mark chapter 3, verse 21, uh, Jesus, again, his ministry is starting to, to rise. His, his fame is starting to spread. Jesus is healing people. All these things are happening. And, and, and Jesus is starting to make these bold claims about him being the son of God. And, and, and so it's starting to cause a stir with people. People are starting to be drawn to him. Some people are starting to hate him. Some people are starting to really love him. All these different things are happening. But I love his, his siblings, his brothers and sisters' response to him. In Mark chapter 3, verse 21, it says, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. His brothers and sisters didn't even get him. It, 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 if I were to put it in an example, imagine if you had a sibling, a brother or sister that just got famous. Like today, your, your brother or sister just got extremely famous, became larger than life, all these fans, thousands and thousands of people are starting to flock to your brother or your sister. Let's just say your brother got famous, and, and, and so he's blowing up all over the place, and he's becoming this larger-than-life persona. While the world flocks and loves your brother, you still see your brother as that little boy that used to wet the bed. Like, yeah, all y'all love him and stuff like that, but yeah, he used to wet the bed when he was three. Like, like, that's how they were viewing Jesus. They were like, yeah, they're all, this, he's getting so popular and he's making all these statements and these claims. But man, Jesus used to wet the bed. He's out of his mind. He's crazy. It says they came to take charge over him. In other words, they came and Jesus was probably making some claims or some statements. Some of them were like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't mind Jesus. He's all right. He's funny. He's crazy. Come on, Jesus, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, they didn't get him. Jesus understands relationships. Jesus understands not being understood. He understands. He understands relationships. He understands life. He understands the trials of life. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Say every way. In every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. In what ways have you been tempted in your lifetime? You ever been tempted to lust before? So was Jesus. You ever been tempted to lie before? So did Jesus. You ever been tempted to knock somebody out before? So did Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus was tempted to knock somebody's teeth in one time? It says he was tempted in every way. Well, think about every way you've been tempted. That is how Jesus has been tempted. He understands, but he did not sin. Jesus showed great restraint, but yet tempted in every way. I thought it was funny when I said, have you ever been tempted to knock somebody out before? Everybody was like, yeah. But we don't have a high priest who doesn't get us. 
He empathizes with our weaknesses. He understands our weaknesses. He knows that, that what our body is yearning for. He knows what our flesh desires. He knows these things. He understands life. He understands the highs and lows of life. He understands all those intricate things about your life. He gets it. He understands life. That also means Jesus understands pain. He understands pain. He understands suffering. Jesus knows what it is to be rejected. Jesus knows what it is to be abandoned. Isaiah 53, 3 says he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Has anybody ever been in pain before? Physical pain, emotional pain. The Bible says that Jesus is familiar with pain. He's familiar with suffering. He's familiar with rejection. He's familiar with abandonment. Like one, from, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. He knows what it is when people don't see value in him. There are those of you in here this morning that have been rejected by people you love. You've been abandoned by people you loved. You've been abandoned and hurt by people you've trusted. So as Jesus, Jesus understands pain. He understands what it is to be human. And how does he understand all these things? Because he came to be close. Jesus came to close proximity to humanity. So he understands you. Say, Jesus understands me. Say that. Jesus. He understands me. My wife may not understand me. My husband may not get me. My friends, eh, they sometimes get me. My coworkers, they don't get me. But Jesus understands you. He understands you. Proverbs 18, 24. Because of his understanding, this is where we move to. Proverbs 18, 24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What that verse means for us is that Jesus is the number one candidate to be the best friend that you've ever had. Did you hear me? Jesus is the number one candidate to be the best friend that you will ever have. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. Closer than a brother. Knows everything about you. Knows all your issues, knows all your junk and still desires to be friends with you. So here's the good news. Jesus wants to be your friend. 
wants to be your friend. Jesus, the Son of God, desires to be your friend. Yes, you, in all your mess, in your lying ways, in your cheating ways, in your, in your mean, angry ways, in your bitter ways, in, in those secret sins, and all that mess. He knows everything about you, yet he still desires to be friends with you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. We, I don't know if you've heard this statement before, but we live in what they call now, they call it cancel culture. Have you ever heard that before? Cancel culture. For those who don't know what that means, what it means is say there's a celebrity, and you'll get it here in a second. There's a celebrity or an athlete or somebody famous who says something crazy about a particular group of people. Maybe he says something about a race. He says something about a political part, whatever, and, 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 and the majority of people just don't agree with it. Or maybe he does something very, very stupid. And they say, oh, he's canceled. He's canceled. If a musician does something stupid and crazy, whatever, they're like, ah, he's canceled. I'm not listening to his music anymore. I'm not, I'm not even following him anymore. I'm all these different things. Like, like it's called cancel culture. Like, like we live in a day and age where if somebody does something wrong, somebody does something stupid, we're like, ah, he's canceled. I'm not supporting anything he does anymore. I'm not following him anymore. Canceled. Cancel culture. Man, I am so grateful that we serve a God who doesn't cancel us when we do something stupid. Because, see, people will cancel you right out the gate. Some of you at one time in your life, you had the best of friends. They ain't even in the picture anymore. Because maybe you did something stupid. Maybe you said something wrong. Maybe the relationship just went sour, and for whatever reason, that person just canceled you. I don't want anything to do with Chris anymore. Jesus, knowing everything we've done, everything we do, everything we are going to do, doesn't cancel you. He says, I still want to be friends with you. Why? Because I understand you. I know your weaknesses. I know your struggle. He wants to be your friend. And because he wants to be your friend, it doesn't just stop there, but Jesus also wants you to talk to him. Jesus wants you to talk to him. He doesn't need a middleman. I don't know how many times I've been asked by people like, hey, Chris, man, like, I, I know you got like a special like connection with the Lord or something, man. You think you can talk to the man upstairs for me, man? You think, you think like, because I know he listen, he don't listen to me, but I know he'll listen to you. You think you can, you can do that? Like, like, where do people get off thinking that that's the way Jesus operates? He doesn't need a middleman. Jesus doesn't say, hey, man, you want to get to me? Hey, talk to my people. He says, no. He says, you can talk to me. You can talk to me directly. You don't need a middleman. You don't need a priest. You can come to me. Why? 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 Let's read here. He, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Because we have this high priest 
who understands us, because we have this high priest who gets us, because he understands us, verse 16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He says, let us then come with confidence. Let us come to the Lord in confidence. Let us talk to Jesus in confidence. I don't want to speak to Jesus on your behalf. Talk to him yourself. He'd probably much rather hear you talk about your issues than me talk about your issues. Jesus wants to talk to you. And he wants you to talk to him. Because that's what friends do. Friends talk, they communicate. They're in connection with one another. Because he understands you. He understands you. One thing about friendship, and when I say friendship, I don't say that lightly. I say that I'm talking about a genuine friendship. One thing that comes with a genuine friendship, and you can't do without this, is trust. How can you be friends with somebody you don't really trust? It's real hard to do. But because Jesus wants to be your friend, because Jesus wants you to talk to him, this is where he's about to take this relationship to, a next, to another level. Now Jesus wants you to trust him with your life. He wants you to trust him with your life. And we can say all day that, man, we trust God, we trust Jesus. But we haven't fully surrendered everything to him. And the reason being is because we don't fully trust him yet. We don't fully trust him with our lives. We don't fully trust him with all the decisions we got to make. We don't fully trust him with our finances. We don't fully trust him. And Jesus wants to be your friend, but he doesn't want to be a surface level friend. He wants to go deep with you and he wants you to trust him with your life. He wants to be that friend that you could throw everything on and say, Jesus, I trust you with this. I trust you. I put my whole life in your hands. I put my whole family in your hands. I put my whole career in your hands. I put my whole, all my health, all my, my money, everything, I put it in your hands. I trust you that much. Because you're the only friend that truly sticks closer than a brother. Because you understand me. You know everything about me. And you still desire to be in relationship with me. I mean, let's be real. If I knew everything about you, I'd probably look at you crazy. 
Let's just be honest. All of, if, if, if they knew everything about this right here, if they knew everything about this past right here, if they knew every thought, if they knew every single thing, you'd probably be like, oh, no. He's our pastor? And say you did. Say you know everything. And you choose to cancel me. It's all right. Because I know one who will never cancel me. And there is someone who will never cancel you. And his name is Jesus. And so my question to you this morning in closing is, do you trust him with all your life? Do you trust him? I mean, really trust him. Do you trust him? Earlier during worship, when we yelled and screamed out the name of Jesus. That wasn't just for emotion. It, it, it wasn't just, just something we just thought would be a cool thing to do. I mean, Chris said it himself, man, this, this is awkward. It's awkward sometimes when you put your trust in someone maybe you've never seen before. does get awkward. It does get awkward praying to someone sometimes and you don't hear them talk back to you. It does get awkward. But see, that, my friends, is where faith comes in. That's where faith lies. That's where trust lies. And there's some of you this morning that need to fully surrender your life to Jesus. You've probably heard the same spill over and over and over. You come to different church services and you hear the same thing, man. Trust Jesus with your life. Have a relationship with Jesus. You've heard that over and over again. And some Sundays you're like, yeah, I'm all in it. And then the next week you're like, ah, not so much. I'd rather do it my own way. And then a month later, a year later, you're like, yeah, 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 I'm in it. And then you're like, ah, not so much. And then, and then situations happen in your life and trouble happens in your life. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm in it. And then things get good. You're like, well, you know, it was nice knowing you, Jesus. Like that, it's, it's the cycle. It's the roller coaster. We're always on. But Jesus says, no, I, I want to go all in with you all the time. I want to be with you in the good times. I want to be with you in the bad times. I want you to trust me. And today can be the day of declaration for you. Did you say, Jesus, I want to fully trust you with my life. Today's the day, Jesus, I want you to be really Lord of my life. I don't want to go through the motions of church and, 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 and being here on Sunday. Like, this, is, this right here is not trusting Jesus with your life. You coming here today is not trusting Jesus with your life. It's a great thing that you're here. But the true trust in Jesus happens when you walk out of that door. Because that's when life hits. That's when the troubles come. That's when the temptation comes. 
praise God, we have a high priest in Jesus who knows you and understands you and gets you and doesn't cancel you. Let's stand to our feet. I don't know where you are with your relationship with Jesus today. But some of you need today need to make that declaration once and for all that you're going to choose to live for and follow Jesus. Today's the day I'm going to choose to surrender my life to him. There's been, I've surrendered some parts of my life to him. I've surrendered these areas of my life to him, but there's still these other things that I don't want to quite let go to him yet. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It's like a marriage. When I said the vows to my wife, I didn't just make a vow for part of me. I made a vow for all of me. Nancy, you can have the Monday through Friday, Chris, but the Saturday through Sunday, Chris, I'm going to turn up, and it's different. You don't get to have that. How do you think she would feel? But yet that's the way we treat a relationship with Jesus. You can have the Sunday me, but Monday through Saturday, eh, not so much. Jesus wants you to trust him with all of your life.